Hey friends, and welcome to You Deserve to Love Your Job with me, Arlene Pace Green. My goal is to help you identify and achieve your greatest aspirations and have a lot of fun along the way. I'm so glad you've joined me on this journey. Let's go. I am so excited to let you know that the You Deserve to Love Your Job book is available. It's in paperback and Kindle. I wrote the book for anyone who is looking for more purpose, more meaning, and more joy in your work and life. Filled with examples, quizzes, and experiences from real people, including me, and the book lays out a roadmap to help you clarify your purpose and create an action plan to achieve it. Go get it. It's available on Amazon. What's up, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I wanted to answer a question that I've been asked many times before, and that is, what is a day in the life like for you? Meaning you as a small business owner, you as someone doing you know, multiple things, coaching, business, podcast, author, and you as just a working person, a parent, a spouse, someone involved in the community, how is it that you do life? And I found other people sharing how they spend their days so valuable because it forces me to not just do what I've seen done or not just do what I've always been doing, but it forces me to really challenge my thinking around how I'm using the most precious resource that we all have, which is our time. So as you know, this season, we're recording episodes that are linked to different chapters in my book. And today's topic is connected to chapter six, um, which is called Create Options. And in this chapter, I talk about you know, how do I decide what to do next? So next in terms of my dreams, my career path I want to take, uh, my life goals, you know, how do I get and remain curious enough to identify all the different options that I have in terms of actions I could take to get to my goal? And then how do I make really good decisions about the things that matter? So what does science tell us about good decision-making? What are some examples from my experience about it? So if you haven't gotten the book, definitely get that. And today I want to add on to that and talk about a microcosm of decisions, which is how I spend my time within a single day and how I use it to get me where God is leading me. And I don't think this is a template in any way because we all have to customize our days to what we're responsible for, what we feel called to do. But I do hope who we are as a person, you know, so I do hope, but what I do hope it does is spark ideas for how you can spend your time. And I'm also going to share some principles that I use to govern my days. And I believe those principles can be applied more universally. And then the last thing I'm going to do before we end the episode is issue a summer soul challenge that you definitely want to be a part of. We're going to talk about how we can end this summer with our souls refreshed and ready for the fall in a different way. So definitely hang on for that. And if you're not in my email group, check the show notes, definitely join. I use that to share summaries of the podcast. I'm going to use it to share some things about the Summer Soul Challenge. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast on Apple or YouTube, definitely do that as well because it helps us to continue to offer these episodes. And it just lets us know what you value, which episodes you value, and it helps us to continue the work. So that's what the focus is for today, a day in the life and then the Summer Soul Challenge. Let's start with the day in the life. I wanted to share a couple of stats that just about time that I think are interesting. So there is a concept called time poverty, which is often assessed by answering one question, which is, do you have the time needed to do what is necessary in your life? So let me ask you that. 
Do you feel like you have the time needed to do what is necessary in your life? And if you don't believe you have the time needed, we experience the concept called time poverty, a sense of lack in our time. Uh, And I've been there. I'm not there right now, but I've definitely been there. And if you're experiencing it, you're not alone. So I looked at a couple surveys around this concept. And one survey said that 40% of the people in the U.S. feel rushed most of the time. So they're experiencing time poverty, like I don't have enough time. Another one had 58% feeling that way. So it's a common experience. But what I'm going to share today in sharing kind of this day of my life is also sprinkling some principles that you can use and consider in structuring your own day. And these are five principles that I've learned that help me just make the best of the time that I have. So day in the life and five principles, and then we'll get to the summer soul challenge. So the first principle is to start and end your day well. So I have a morning routine that I shared in the dream calendar episode. So I won't go through it in detail because um, you can hear more about it there. But in general, after waking up, it includes reading, praying. I walk most mornings. I grab coffee. And then I do all the necessities of morning, right? Getting dressed, feeding the dog, et cetera. Um, sometimes my mornings include working out based on how my schedule is for that day. And it also includes some time to check email and review my day before meetings start because that allows me the time I need to start the day well, to start it in a really intentional way. And the real bonus of that is it gives me something to look forward to each day. So instead of dreading Monday or dreading Wednesday morning, I'm usually thinking, ooh, I get to drink my coffee. I get to slow down and read. I get to take my walk and listen to a podcast or a sermon for part of that time. Like my morning is something I enjoy. So that one starts my day well, and it gives me something to look forward to. And I saw a video, it's on the Today Show if you want to go find it, but I saw a video just this week about a little boy, he's six years old, and he has his own morning time where his mom lets him do, mom and dad let him do something quiet in the morning, like read a book or play with a toy. And he talked about what joy it adds to his morning. And I was feeling him on that because that's how I feel. Starting the day well really helps you enjoy your day more and gives you something to look forward to. Even if the other things in your day are not things you're looking forward to, your morning is something you can always look forward to if you structure it that way. So this year, I'm also been building, I said, start the day well and end the day well. So this year, I've also been building an end of workday practice. So I'm not consistent with it yet, but I'm getting there. So what I've done so far is I've blocked 15 to 20 minutes on my calendar at the end of each day to close out my workday. And my purpose in that is I have a lot of great things that I either need to do or get to do in the evenings. And I want to go into them fresh, present, alert. You know, I want to feel like I've ended this part and going into the next part of my day. Previously, I had this habit of just working until the last minute I could and then just getting up, which meant that in this space I'm in right now, there could be papers everywhere, could be books stacks of stuff. It was just unappealing and it's unappealing to walk into the next day. And so that's just not something you want. You know, if you do that ongoing, what you end up needing is like a half day to clean it all up. Right. So no, I'm going to do that different. So I've created this kind of end of day workday routine that is again, not consistent yet, but I'm working towards it. And I encourage you to find strategies that help you start your day well and end your day well. I haven't gotten to an end of day routine yet. Right now I'm at the end of work day, but I know a lot of people have an end of day routine as well that helps them kind of wind down, 
helps them sleep well. So I, I want to get there as well. But right now I do have a beginning of my day and an end of workday routine. And I encourage you to do the same thing. So once my morning routine is done, I'm into kind of the work of my day. And the principle that I'm going to talk about there here as I share the work of my day is no back-to-back meetings. So on a typical day, I spend my time in coaching meetings with clients, preparing for those meetings or preparing for other things like this podcast or presentations, or just doing the work of business, right? Talking with people on the team, invoices, marketing, financials, all those things. So in doing that, one thing I really try to ensure on my calendar is not to have back-to-back meetings for so many reasons. Those of you that have them know that back-to-back meetings give you lots of things. They give you exhaustion because you're so tired by the end of the day. I mean, it's it's odd because you think I've just been sitting all day. Why am I so tired? But sitting in back-to-back meetings absolutely can create exhaustion or it has for me. You know, it gives you kind of less effectiveness because I'm going into the next meeting still thinking about the last meeting. So I'm not as tuned in. I'm not as present. I'm not as effective. It's really bad for our health because we're not getting up. We're not moving. We're not getting water. You know, there are times when I've been in meetings for hours. I wasn't even going to the bathroom. Like I'm just, it's not good for your health to be in that state. And then the last thing, and the thing that really probably made me change this once I start my own business was that it's really bad for my clients. I feel like those I'm meeting with, it just adds to the level of distraction you know, and sometimes maybe, you know, you book a meeting for an hour, but really the hour, the meeting needs to be an hour and 10 minutes. When you're back to back, either you can't do that or by doing that, you're messing up the next thing. So I generally always have at least 30 minutes between meetings to allow me to do lots of things. And I recognize it's easier for me to do this in my own business, but I started doing the same thing in my office corporate role. I couldn't always control it, but when I could, I did because the meeting culture I was in was really heavy. And so I'd started looking at my calendar like two or three weeks out. And with my coordinator, we would do our best to cancel my attendance in at least a third of those meetings, right? So my goal was 50%. I didn't always get there, but at least a third, because it was crazy in two weeks, how many meetings would pop on your calendar. So the things I tried to get rid of were things that just were not necessary for me to attend. So a lot of times, maybe someone else from my team was there, or my manager was there, somebody else was there that would have the basically the same perspective as I would. So, okay, I'm not going to attend those because it's handled by somebody else. Sometimes I was invited from an FYI standpoint and, you know, FYI, I can learn from my team member. I can get an email. <laughs> there are a lot of ways for me to get FYI information other than attending a meeting. So I would try not to attend those. Sometimes we would try to combine conversations. So you know, I was talking with people about separate things, but it's really the same thing. Let's put it all together in one meeting and be more efficient. And then sometimes I would just try to shorten meetings. You know, a lot of people have a, I don't know, a habit of one hour meetings. Um, I think those have gotten less common recently, but just have a habit of putting a meeting on the calendar for one hour when really that meeting could be 30 minutes. Sometimes it could be 15 minutes. I work with someone who had mastered the 15 to 20 minute meeting. Like that was his general meeting. And anything else, like he had something really big to discuss to go beyond that. So there are a lot of things you could do, a lot of things I did then and now do now, just to ensure that I am not in back-to-back meetings so that I have time between those things to, and I'll tell you how I use that time, to refresh, to make sure I'm present in the meetings I am in, 
and just to end my day feeling well and not feeling exhausted and uh, encouraging bad health in myself. So second principle is no back-to-back meetings. And I generally use that principle almost every day. So the third principle, which is related to that, is to use that in-between time well. So, you know, if I'm not in back-to-back meetings and I have these 30-minute windows between meetings most of the time, not all the time, but almost pretty most, very most, most, most of the time, then what am I doing in between that time? And there's a few things um, to use that time well. One is before a meeting, I have a list of reminders that I like to review and, you know, some of the reminders about listening about being curious, you know, reminding myself that all of my clients are creative, whole, and best at solving their own problems. So a lot of these are based on my role as a coach, but you can create your own list based on what your role is or based on who you are as a person. So I like to talk. So I have to remind myself to listen, you know, so based on who we know we are and how we want to show up, a lot of times that's what the, my reminders are about. So I kind of review my list of reminders. I have time to review those before I go into new meetings. I also, you know, refill my water. <laughs> I always get to have a full glass of water in every meeting so I can stay hydrated. I might take a bathroom break. I even eat lunch, which for some of you all, you're like, of course you eat lunch. For others, you're like, wow, you get to eat lunch? <laughs> kind of depends on your work environment. I definitely have been in work environments where I didn't eat lunch all day or it'd be four o'clock and now I'm famished, you know, going to the coffee shop downstairs, seeing what they have left. But now I use my breaks to actually eat lunch. I may call a friend or return a call from a friend. Uh, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but I do that. And I just use that time in between to recharge in lots of different ways. If I have more than 30 minutes, I might sneak in some work or, you know, work on a post or social media or something. But if all I have is 30 minutes, like it's a lot of meetings in that day, I'm usually focused on some type of recharge. And as you all know, there's a lot of research around this as well, that we are most effective. We're actually most productive, meaning we get more done when we can intently focus on something and then back away and give yourself a chance to recharge. That could be a walk. It could be anything. But this kind of in and out is the most productive way of getting work done. So This principle in terms of my day and what I encourage you to think about is getting rid of back-to-back meetings and then using that time in between really intentionally to recharge and to be at your best. You know, avoid using that time in between to only check email, you know, to only work on another task, uh, at least a lot, five or 10 minutes within that to allow you to recharge in whatever way makes sense for you. The fourth principle I use to govern kind of my day in the life is I'm calling it the be grown principle. (laughs) And this principle probably came into play more when I was in office roles, but I wanted to mention it because like in the office roles from before, uh, but it's still, I still use it today. Um, But I wanted to mention it because two friends and I were texting about this this week as well. And what I mean by the be grown principle is meaning as a full grown adult, we have to know what's best for us and have the confidence to do it. And in a training I've done before on just assertiveness and influence, we talk about the difference between being aggressive, being assertive, and being passive, right? So aggressive is I'm imposing my will on you. I'm trying to get you to do what I think you should do. I'm kind of imposing myself on you. Passive is I'm letting you impose your will on me. I'm leaning back. I'm not saying what I want or need. I'm kind of letting you drive me. Assertive is I'm comfortable saying what's true for me 
and doing what I think is best, right? So my be grown principle shows up in the assertive category. So let me give you an example and a quiz and you pick an answer. We'll talk about it. A very unscientific quiz, right? I have to say that being a researcher, uh, but I think it illustrates this principle. So let's say you're in a 60 minute meeting and this is something has absolutely happened to me. Let's say you're in a 60 minute meeting with 15 people and you're not presenting, right? Someone else is talking about it. It might just be an operational meeting where lots of people are talking of different things. And you have something really quick you need to do. It could be going to the bathroom, getting a drink of water. I mean, it could be checking in with your pet sitter to see how Fluffy is doing. Whatever it is, you have something you need to do. So in that scenario, are you going to A, sit through the whole meeting and wait it out not to disturb others? Are you going to B, walk out of the meeting, do what you need to do, and then walk back in? Or are you going to C, ask everyone the meeting for a 10-minute break so you can get done what you need to get done? So A, sit through it and ignore what you need to do. B, walk out, do it, and walk back in. C, ask everyone the meeting for a 10-minute break so you can do what you need to do. So the answer, the assertive answer in that is B, right? Walk out in the meeting, do what you need to do, and walk back in. A, sitting through the whole meeting and waiting is passive. And C, asking everyone in the meeting to stop for a 10-minute break uh, while I do what I need to do is aggressive. So how can we be grown, which also means be assertive throughout our day? So the way this plays out for me in little ways is, you know, I always have a glass of water in my meetings. You know, some people think it's rude to eat or drink during meetings. That's fine for them. I don't think so. So I need to be hydrated. I'm a human. So I always have a glass of water in my meetings. I do my best not to do this, but if I'm not well or I'm sick or something happens I need to take care of, then I have to reschedule. I try my best not to but life happens. Again, I'm human. We're all humans. Things happen. Sometimes I have to reschedule. I'm also, my other part of this is I'm comfortable with other people saying no, and I'm gotten really comfortable doing the same. So I may ask someone a question. And when I ask you a question, it's your choice, right? (laughs) To say yes or no. And if someone says no, I accept no and move on. Like, I'm not like, oh, can't you do this? Why don't you do this? I accept other people's answers uh, or what they can or can't do. And in doing that, I also expect other people to do the same thing. But I'll tell you, this is not that common. So I was with a group recently. Actually, my hairstylist taught me this, but um, I was with a group recently and they were asking if I was going to, it was like three friends and they were asking if I was going to some event. They're like, oh, are you going to so-and-so? I said, no. And I didn't say anything else. And they started laughing. They were like, who says no? Like, I, I didn't say no, I have something else to do. I didn't say no. Oh, I wish I could, but I can't. Like, I just said no. And they thought that was so funny. I mean, I, I don't know. I might have eventually told them why I wasn't, but I don't feel required to do that anymore. Assertiveness is being comfortable with what's true for you and doing what is right for you. And I've gotten really comfortable doing that. And I encourage you to do the same thing. So throughout your day, the be grown principle is it's fine to acknowledge your humanity and it's fine to do whatever it is you need to do to manage the things of life without questions, without permission. Now, of course, this is always operating with wisdom and within the guidelines of your work environment. So please don't write me an email saying you got fired because you were being grown and you walked off and you weren't allowed to. I mean, you have to operate with wisdom. Again, these are principles that work in every situation, but in many situations, we can and we have the freedom and we should do what's best for us. Um, No one else is going to do it for you. Do what's best for us in the work environment. 
and to operate in the assertiveness and the full adulthood that we all have to be grown and do what we think is best. The fifth principle that governs, you know, how I spend my day, kind of a day in the life is add joy. So the reality is that, you know, I wrote this book, you deserve to love your job and I want you to love your job and you can. And the reality is, which I talk about in the book is that that doesn't mean we're going to love every aspect of our work. So we all have parts of work that we probably don't enjoy. It could be emails or invoices, certain meetings. So to love your job doesn't mean you love every task. It means that there are places where you can find joy. And there are also things you can do to add joy to some of those mundane tasks or just to add joy to your work environment. So I'll give you a couple of ideas for things I do. Um, One I mentioned earlier, I take and make calls to friends, you know, throughout the workday. So a lot of the work I do is really individual or it's one-on-one with different clients. So I don't have a ton of peer interactions throughout every day. But I love interacting with friends and peers, et cetera. So, you know, when a friend calls, I I take that call. I might make a call to a friend to check on them. And that adds joy to my day because I love hearing about what other people are doing. I love hearing about their work and their life and just staying connected with people. I don't like to go, you know, super long periods of time without talking to the people I love and care about. Um, so I take and make calls to friends and family throughout the day. Another little thing I do is I always look at my photos of the day. So you know, my photos are stored in a cloud somewhere and it sends me, I get an email once a day that sends me like five pictures of what happened on that day in other years, you know? So like 10 years ago, this happened or five years ago, this happened. And it'll show me five pictures from that day. I always take a chance to look at those. Um, I never delete it without looking at it. It takes me like two minutes to look at it, but I love photography you know, when I'm at events, I'm usually taking lots of pictures or thinking about photos I should be taking and reflecting on those, seeing the people I love, the things I've loved doing just makes me happy. So I always look at my photos of the day. I never delete it without looking at it. Another thing that I'm working on doing is my husband and I have a weekly meeting that doesn't happen every week, but intentionally it should happen every week, a weekly meeting. And this is something, if you are doing life with someone else, I highly encourage this meeting because we can talk about all the things like things that need to be done in the house and plans we have, vacations, et cetera. And this became required because we started a business recently called Green Team Real Estate. And, you know, we are buying properties, fixing them, renting them, et cetera. So now we have to meet on a regular basis. So that's how these meetings got started. But now that we're doing them, I realize. We needed them all along, really. But, you know, when you think about a meeting in the evening, we both work throughout the day. So the meeting happens in the evening. When you think about going to a meeting in the evening, that like sucks joy for me. It doesn't add joy. So I've been thinking about ways we can make these meetings more enjoyable. So can we do it at a coffee shop? I love coffee. Can we do it at a coffee shop? Um, We're trying one later this week on the boat, right? (laughs) Can we do the meeting on the boat? We'll see if this is effective or not. But, you know, another thing you can do is walking meetings. I did that the other day. I had a meeting with someone and it wasn't a client meeting. So I didn't need to take notes and those kind of things. It was just a conversation. And so I walked around the block while I had that meeting. So how can you add joy to some of the things that maybe are mundane, some of the things you don't enjoy as much? Um, When you're checking email, can you put on, you know, your favorite lo-fi music that doesn't interrupt your thinking, but just makes it more enjoyable during the time? So figure out little ways to add joy throughout your day 
And definitely in my kind of day in the life, there are lots of little things I'm doing throughout the day to add joy. So that's a day in the life for me. And also just principles I use to govern my days and to make them as one effective as I can with the time that I have, because again, time is our most precious resource. And also to make them as enjoyable as I can, because we're going to spend our time in these days. Let's make them as joyful as we can. So the next thing I wanted to do, and the last thing for today is to talk about a challenge that I'm issuing to you this summer, and it is called the summer soul challenge. And the question I want you to ask yourself is what does my soul need this summer? What does my soul need? And my goal is at the end of this summer, our souls are refreshed in really good ways, in really nourishing ways. And I've been thinking about journaling about what my focus, my personal focus is going to be this summer, but I decided I don't want to tell you because I don't want to sway what your focus might be. So (laughs) I'm going to share it sometime this summer. And I'm also going to plan to do a couple short pop-up videos on this topic I'm also thinking I might choose a couple people who joined me on this challenge to join kind of a, a fall end of summer podcast to share what we've done. But instead of sharing my personal focus for this summer just yet, I wanted to share some things that just I've focused on before or things I've had clients focus on that may resonate with you in terms of what your soul might need this summer. So think of these as ideas just to get you thinking. And again, this is about answering the question, what does my soul need this summer? And how can I give it to myself? And how can we spend this summer really intentionally feeding our soul, nourishing our soul, giving ourselves what we need? So here are some ideas to think about. The first one is it could be your faith over fear summer. This could be about doing things that scare you, about amplifying your faith, overcoming your fears. You know, I did this one time with, with a presentation I was really nervous about. And I was like, faith over fear. I'm doing all the things that scare me just to remind myself that I can. So it could be a faith over fear summer. It could be that I can do hard things summer. So working out over these last few years has showed me that I need this mindset that I can do hard things. And we cultivate this mindset by guess what? Doing hard things. So it could be the summer that I'm going to embrace all the hard things. Like I'm going to do the harder workouts. I'm going to, you know, do, I'm going to go up to people first and say hello if that's hard for me, but I'm going to do the harder things. So it could be a hard thing summer. I can do hard things kind of summer. It could be the summer of rest. Maybe you're overtired, overscheduled, just overdone. I say done like, I, I used to say that sometimes. I'm done like dinner. Like I'm just done. So, If that's you, maybe this is the summer of rest. You know, I was talking with a friend the other day and, you know, when you look around your house or your apartment or wherever you're living, your room and everything is piled up, you know, the laundry, the dishes, the, there are stacks of stuff everywhere. Like nothing's kept up the way you like it. That can be a sign that I'm doing too much. You know, I need more margin in my calendar. I need more time in my days so I can take care of the things of life. So then I can actually rest. So it could be you need the summer of rest. Could be the hustle hard summer. Now I'm never for over hustling, meaning I'm working so hard that I don't take my Sabbath day of rest um, or I'm not also adding rest in, you know, this rest, this work and rest, work and recover cycle. That's important, but it could be, I just haven't been doing enough. Like I've been kind of giving myself a pass on the things I need to do. And so this summer, this is the summer of hustle. Like I'm going to, re-energize my energize myself to do the things I need to do. It could be the contentment summer. 
the summer of contentment, the summer of no complaints. I am just not going to complain this summer. I am going to enjoy what I have. I'm going to lean in on gratefulness and appreciation for what I have and the people in my life. And complaining is just something I'm, I'm putting away for the summer. I'm just not doing it. A few more. You could do the nourishing my physical body. You could be that you're going to eat food that makes you feel good, makes your body feel good. You're going to do movement that makes your body feel good. It could be the connection summer, connecting with God, connecting with family, connecting with friends. Um, Maybe your soul needs more connection with other people. Could be the silent summer. Sometimes I just need silence. My family knows this, but extra noise just bugs me. Like it really does. And beyond that, sometimes I need silence. So, you know, I get some of that on my walks in the morning, but also there are times when I just cut off everything in the house and journal, or I might dedicate all the time that I'm in my car to silent time. So I'm not listening to a podcast. Although I, of course I want you to listen to our podcast, but I'm not listening to a podcast. I'm not listening to anything. I don't have the radio on. Um, you might just need a silent summer, like more silence in your life. And the last one I thought of is it might be a summer of service. Maybe you're being called just to serve other people, um, to serve your family, to serve you know a particular person or two. It could be a summer of service. I know I was doing things last summer. I mean, last year where God told me just serve. Don't look at the results of it. Don't care about the impact of it. I mean, and and what I told myself is whether this has dividends this year, next year, or after I'm gone from this life, I'm doing it because I was told to do it. So I just was being very obedient and serving in the way I was called to serve and kind of divorce myself from the results or the impact. I was just focused on the obedience and the service. So it could be that it's a summer of service. And there are probably 9,000 other things that your soul could need this summer that you might want to focus on. So my goal, though, my wish, my prayer, my hope is that you join me in the summer soul challenge. Um, I'm going to send a couple emails on it. So if you're not in my email group, definitely go to the website, which is in the show notes to sign up. Um, You can also comment on this video on YouTube or on Insta. Let me know what you're focused on. Because we're going to get to this end of this summer, having intentionally focused and given our soul what it needs. And by doing that, we're going to go into the fall refreshed and ready for whatever the fall may bring. So join me, join me, join me on the summer soul challenge, hashtag summer soul challenge. So thank you all so much for joining today. I love you guys so much. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Arlene underscore pace underscore green. One day I'm going to come up with a more creative name, but for now it's just my name. Um, And always remember that you can love your job. You can enjoy your life. Be well. If you love this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You're also invited to join my private email group where just for joining, you will receive a checklist for getting your LinkedIn profile in top shape and a link to the first chapter of my book. Click join the crew in the show notes. I also invite you to visit my website where you can shop our t-shirt collection designed to help you fulfill your purpose, love your work, and enjoy your life. I have them all, wear one almost every episode, and know you will love them. Thanks so much for joining me on this journey. Let's go. Thank you.